Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Shauna Lee. Through her platform at thesoulfrequency.com, Shauna teaches women how to live powerfully and authentically, how to feel great in their bodies, confident with who they are, and to connect with their purpose. By locating their deepest truths and raising their energy frequency, her clients create fulfilling lives founded on alignment and intuition. She's the host of the Soul Frequency Show podcast and the number one best-selling author of The Soul Frequency, Your Healthy, Awakened, and Authentic Life. And I read the book and it was great. And my daughter actually read it too and loved it. I think my husband did too. We all loved it. Anyway, I can't wait for you to meet Shauna. She has such an amazing way of explaining our behaviors, our fears, our doubts and insecurities. More importantly, she teaches us how to manage them so they don't prevent us from living the lives we want most. You're going to love our chat. Here we go. So I am so excited today because we have Shauna Lee. And I have to tell you, I met her, it was either a year or two ago at an event. And then she came out with this book, which she will absolutely be sharing. And I read it and it blew my mind. So before we get started, I just first, hello, welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy that you're here. Tell us about the book. And we're, of course, the podcast is about betrayal, but betrayal has so much to do with, with so many different things. I know one of our favorite topics is transformation. So we're just going to go all over the place with this topic, but I know we'll bring it home. So first, let's start with your book. Yeah, the book's called The Soul Frequency, Your Healthy, Awakened, and Authentic Life. And um, the book was really born from experience of a huge transformational experience that I went through in my life, which of course, when you go through a big transformation, then it has you look back and see all of the steps leading up to that. So like for somebody that's going through a betrayal, it kind of wakes you up. Like we've talked about this before in that moment. And you start to put the pieces together. Like, how did I get here? And how is this happening? And more importantly, how do I learn from this and move forward powerfully? And so the book kind of follows along an experience that I went through, which I call the anatomy of transformation. And during the experience, I was kind of shown like, this is what you're going through and this is how you get to the other side of it. And from this experience in my own life, I have since helped hundreds of people all over the world um, walk through changes in their life. So whether it's you know a transformation in that we're changing a job or we've been through betrayal or we just know something big needs to change and we don't know even what it is or how to go about it. So the book kind of takes follows along in me sharing my personal story, which was, you know, it, it took me a second and a deep breath to share some of the things that I <laughs> share in the book, but then I give a lot of tools on, on how to do this and how I do it every day with people. And it makes you so real. And I know it can be very scary to be that vulnerable. I mean, here I am talking about betrayals. So everybody who listens, they know, they know my betrayal stories. So it is scary, but it does resonate on so many different levels and to so many different types of people. I have, I have four kids. One of my daughters absolutely loved this book. She got so much out of it. And it's amazing because based on where you are and, and the, the challenge that you're facing and the fears that you're, that you're having, it's, you could really get so much out of it. So thank you for that. I mean, she really, really embraced that book. That's so wonderful. And you know, I hear that it's, it's, I love that feedback. Like I said, it's great to know who resonates with it. Cause when you write it, you're not really sure, you know, exactly who will take to it. But what's also interesting is that I wrote the book 
it's kind of geared towards women for sure. Um, but I've had so many men reach out to me and say, I know your book is kind of geared towards women, but I have like gotten huge benefit from this and I've passed it along to my other male friends. And so it's really touching to see all the different people's lives that the book is reaching and having impact on. Oh, that's so great. And you know, you mentioned fear. Let's talk about fear for a little bit, because of course, with betrayal, there's huge fear because the world as we've known it no longer exists. But really with any kind of crisis, there's there's a huge amount of fear. What's fear's role in holistic health? You know, I think it's probably the area that we least want to look at or even identify. And the the we're not, we're, it's so easy to say like, okay, I want to, you know, change my diet. Not that changing your diet's easy, but like, that's so logical, right? I'm not happy in my body or I'm not healthy or I've been diagnosed with something and I want to address it from a holistic standpoint. Certainly holistic practitioners are amazing and changing your diet is an awesome place to start. But there's this like underlying thing called our emotions that is is this deep well. And so often I see that when we are having struggles with our physical health, that before that, there was a lot of other stuff going on under the surface. So a lot of fear, a lot of um, just emotional stuff that maybe hasn't been expressed, um, even acknowledged. And that's the tricky part is that we tend to build our life um, so that we don't have to bump up against fear because who wants to, right? I mean, it's not fun. So mm. we tend to, I call it pretzel ourselves in all different ways so that we just don't even know that it's there. And there's something really powerful that happens in, in the case of betrayal or being diagnosed with an illness. These things that kind of you know jar us and wake us up is that we become more present with the things that we couldn't see before. You know, you're so right. And I think what happens is we get so down on ourselves because there there are so many physical, mental, emotional symptoms that show up because of some kind of crisis. And what I find so many people doing is they're doing things to get rid of the symptom. So so weight like weight loss would be one of it. The symptom of whatever that emotional challenge is may be, you know, maybe weight gain. And it, they're, because they're eating as a means of self soothing. But without getting to that root problem, it's really, it's not cured. It's not healed. It's not really looked at. So the food doesn't do it. And then that person gets really upset about, well, why can't I just lose the weight when really that's not even the issue? Yeah, it's not at all. And like I say, I'm going to talk about weight and the body and things like that in the book, because it's such an important entry point because so often, especially as women, um, you know, I don't know many women that haven't at some point in their life either struggled with weight or liking their body, loving themselves, you know, looking in the mirror, feeling good, you know, whether it's been just a blip on the screen or whether it's been their entire life. And so often I would have women coming to me and saying like, ah, oh, it's like, if I could just lose this 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds, everything in my life would be better. It's like, it becomes this focal point where we put all of our life's everything on mm -hmm. that, right? Like if I could do, if I could change my physical body, then everything would be better. And it's, it's like the flip-flop of that. It's like opposite, right? Your body will, is a byproduct, right? Of what's going on emotionally and internally in your life. And when you can heal that and look at that and bring that up to the place of awareness, your body follows suit, and it's almost like focusing on the weight or on on your body just gives you something to do so that you don't have to look at the other stuff. Exactly. 
Yeah, because if you're focused on that, then it's like, okay, well, I just won't take a look at what's going on underneath here and it'll give me something to do. That's brilliant. So, you know, talk about talk about fear though. How do we how do we find it? How do we know where it is? How do we look at it? How do we transmute it? So we have to we ha- I mean, certainly bringing it up to awareness is step one. So like I said, most people, when I, I actually do this and I've done it and I, you know how you conduct a study, but you're not even trying to. So I've, mm-hmm. I'll ask people like, what are you most afraid of? And I do this often. And it's interesting because sometimes people say, well, I'm not really afraid of anything, you know? And in that instance, we all have fear. I mean, that's just reality. And so we can be so distanced from it that we don't even know that it's there. And then other people very quickly will give me, you know, three to four items that they are terrified of. And the thing about fear is that oftentimes, you know, it may have happened from things that have occurred in your life earlier on and you have you know, said, I will never have this happen again, or, oh my gosh, I need to protect myself against this ever happening. And then we fear it for the rest of our life until we heal it. But oftentimes what's even more fascinating is when the fear isn't even ours. So it's things that were either instilled in us by our family or parents, right? Things that were told to us, like we were taught to fear this in our life. And so we're carrying around really other people's fear and holding on to it as if it's our own. And so you all of this, right? If, if people go, oh gosh, I don't see any of this in my life, it's totally okay because most people don't. And when you start to look around and you say, you know, like, what do I want to be doing in my life that I'm not doing? Or how do I want to be living that I'm not living? So whether it's eating healthy and I'm struggling with that, or whether it's, you know, I want to get a new job, but I, but I don't want to, you know, I'm afraid to leave the security of the job I'm in. You can kind of start by looking around your life and saying, where am I not taking action on something that would make me happier or more joyful? And there's going to be fear around that, right? And mm-hmm. so you can start just by diving into these certain areas of your life and looking, why am I not taking action? Well, I'm afraid to leave my safe, secure job. I'm afraid to leave my husband that I you know, have fallen out of love with or we don't have a healthy relationship. I'm afraid you know, I mean, to look at what's underneath the reasons why I eat. And so when we can start to be honest with ourselves and certainly having someone guide you to it is a lot, you know, is very helpful and a lot easier in some respects. Um, But we all have to take a look at those things to continue to grow and expand and heal. Yeah, that's wonderful. And you know what? I think the key word is really asking ourselves why. You know, we may ask a question, give ourselves almost a superficial answer and just probing beneath the surface. It's like, well, I, I, you know, why? And then challenge whatever response you get. Why? It's, I want to, I want to feel better. Why? So I can look better. Why? So I can, it really, it seems that the deeper you probe and the more you ask, when you get to that emotional response, that's where the fear is, or that's where the deep want is. Exactly. And you know, it's interesting because we are, the more I uh, do this work and the more lives I get to touch with it, the more I really get the visualization of us being similar to computers in the sense that we, you know, you have a hard shell of a computer, but it doesn't do anything without programming. And we receive a lot of programming once we enter a human body as a spirit and a soul. And that programming is our operating system. It's what's running underneath the surface all the time, whether we see it or not. 
And when we can get to that level of programming and under and see the programming, um, really positive shifts and change come from just the byproduct of seeing it for the first time. And then we can have choice with it because if we can't see something consciously and, and acknowledge it, we can't have much choice around it. And it's so true. I think we don't even question it. It's like, this is, this is what I believe. This is what I know. This is what's feels safe or comfortable and familiar. And here's where betrayal really shakes us up because once we've been betrayed, everything that's been comfortable and familiar no longer exists because here the people we've trusted the most or you know, prove untrustworthy or the ones we'd run to when other people cause harm are the ones causing the harm. You know, what do you do with that? So it shakes up everything and it, it, it actually in that shakeup allows us to eventually create something, you know, something new. But it is in that questioning that we, we really come up with a lot of things. Talk to, to us about doubt and the difference between doubt and fear. So, I mean, we usually have some of all of that going on, but doubt is just this, um, it's kind of like a perpetual way of being where we just don't think things are possible for us. We just doubt ourselves. We doubt other people. We doubt whether we can actually lose the weight, whether we can actually get healthy, whether we can actually have a healthy relationship. It just seems like it happens to other people. When we're in doubt, it, it, people will tell me often like, well, she can have this and she can make money and she can be happy in relationship, but not me right? Like mm. I doubt that this is possible. And so the doubt keeps the fear in place because if we have this fear, like I, oh gosh, I want to step forward in this way, or I want to heal in this way, but I'm afraid of it. The doubt goes, yeah, you will, you should be afraid. It probably won't work out for you. Right. Mm. So why even try? And so it, it's like the two play off of each other and keep each other intact. And, and as you know, I mean, you know, so well, like if you're going to grow in any way in your life, you're you're going to come up against fear and doubt and you're going to have to not resist them or push them away or try to act like they're not there or hide them. You're going to have to understand them and, and almost create a relationship where you say, you know, I understand here, here's fear, here's doubt popping up in my face and I can still move through these. I can see what I need to see about them and learn what I need to learn and I can still step forward. Right. It's almost like they need to be managed. So how do you manage doubt? It shows up, you're about to do something or there's there's an opportunity and you're afraid to do it. Doubt says, oh, you can't do it. What do you do? What do you say to yourself? You, you know, I think this is where having a support system, you know, is really valuable that believes in you. So doubt and fear will show up in sometimes people in your life as well as a reflection of your own doubt and fear. And this is where it gets tricky for people, right? So if other people are, are in doubt and in fear along with you being in doubt and fear, it's really hard mm -hmm. to move forward. So surrounding yourself with people who believe in you, people who see the, the next possibility. I think a lot of times when I'm in session with clients, because I'm intuitive and I can kind of say, well, here's what's down the line for you. They go, oh my gosh, like, okay, I, I can hold on to that. I can believe that, right? And I can keep walking forward because doubt and fear will just blind you. It will just have you shut down for a lot of people. And, and the truth is, is that we all have to walk through it. So no one's alone in this. I mean, this is, this is part of being human and we have to say to ourselves, but what if? But what if the doubt and fear isn't right? And the only way we're going to know is if we test it. And the only way we're going to test it is if we're willing to walk forward anyways, even when the voice of fear and doubt is yelling in your ear. 
And what happens when you do that is that voice gets quieter over time. So the more you you override the system, right? The programming that you received mm-hmm. earlier in life, the more uh, that voice will maybe still be there. It just won't have the control over you and it won't be as loud. And something else starts to really come to life in that process, a very empowered person. And I think it's so important for everybody to know, it's not that the fear and doubt aren't there. They're going to show because because the more empowered you become, the the bigger you play. It's just in managing it, in confronting it and not letting it not letting it really really stop us. And I think you said something else that was so important, which is really be so careful about who you spend your time with because let's say you are considering something, doing something, trying something, and if the people around you are naysayers or or just they're seeing things through their maybe very limited lens. They're going to project that on you. And if that's going to impact you, uh, that's going to hold you back. So it's really important to, to, it sounds like really important to be careful who you spend your time with. Absolutely. Yeah. So talk to us about being disconnected. Yeah, this is probably even more hidden, I believe, than than fear and doubt are. But it's this this bifurcation that happens oftentimes early in life from who we really are um, and how we really think and feel about things as an individual. We, again, receive programming and we start to adopt the beliefs and we start to adopt the norms and the ways of our environment, which is really a survival instinct, right? We want to be fed and clothed and loved and taken care of. And so we integrate into what we're around. And oftentimes, like many, you know, adults and kids will say, like, I grew up in a family and I was kind of different, or I didn't think the same way that my parents did, or they didn't think the same way I did. And and there's an important time in healing and in, in growth if you go on a transformational journey where you have to really figure out who you are separate from everybody else and how you think and feel about things. And oftentimes it's, it's a, it's a challenging time some, for some people because it's, it's like, wait a second, I've always saw life through, through these rose colored glasses. And I've always, mm-hmm. you know, believed this and maybe I don't. And if I don't believe what I thought I believed, then who am I? It's like, we, it's like a re getting to know yourself process of what feels right to you. And going back to, you know, the weight and things like that. So often what I see is that it's like a misalignment in our energy, just like chiropractic, right? If your neck goes out of alignment and the chiropractor puts your neck back in place, it's like an energetic misalignment that happens when we're disconnected from who we really are. And it it creates like a nails on a chalkboard type of sensation in our body, mind, and spirit. And so when we are living out of alignment with who we really are and we're disconnected from that, it's like we're unplugged from a wall. And so, so it's really hard to turn our light on big and bright when, when we don't have that connection and that alignment. And so part of the process of really moving through the fear and the doubt, the, the third piece that really helps is when you reconnect back to who you really are how you feel, what you believe separate from everybody else and how you want to move forward in life. And I always say, just like weight is a byproduct, purpose is a byproduct. Because when you're deeply connected to who you you really are, like purpose just shows up, right? Like Mm. you just feel all of a sudden like, wow, oh my gosh, here I am. This is, oh, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is next for me. 
Yeah. And you know what? I imagine with so many people who are going through this, there's there could be a lot of risk in in they've been disconnected and all of a sudden they realize, wow, this doesn't feel right anymore. Something's off. And there's a risk because everyone knows you very well as your disconnected self and you're going to shake up the people around you if all of a sudden you start changing. How do you how do you manage that? Yeah. And I have some real specific um, tools for communicating it. And that is really where the magic happens is how do I, as I'm still figuring out who I really am, right? Cause it's not like one day you just got it all figured out. You're in a process of discovery. How do I communicate really effectively such that the people around me are, are comforting and caring for me as I'm going through this process instead of being threatened by it and scared by it. Right. Because when you're in relationship, especially like long-term relationships, love relationships, um, committed relationships. It's very scary when one person starts to change. It really, it really unsettles the whole balance of the relationship, even if that change is positive. And so it just requires a very high level of communication. And through the years of working with people, I've just, I can give people specific tools on how to communicate so that the other person can hear you for one, and two, that they can accept it and they can they can let their guard of fear down because you're basically going to quell their fears and they can love you through it, which is exactly what everyone deserves is to be loved through the process of transformation. Oh, absolutely. And I can't tell you how many times throughout the years, someone, I would see, let's say a wife and, and she's losing weight and looking great and feeling all of a sudden confident and sexier and, and she just feels really good. And all of a sudden her husband starts bringing home donuts, <laughs> bringing yeah. home all of these things. And she's, she's angry because he's trying to sabotage her, but this is really fear underneath it. So what would be an example of something that you might suggest that someone like that says? Well, usually in those conversations, right? It's a perfect example. The, the tendency is to, is to get angry at the person. Like, why are you doing this to me? You know, why are you bringing home donuts? This is so unsupportive. You don't care. You don't love me. You know, that type of stuff. If you love me, you wouldn't be doing this and sabotaging me. Instead, it's really flip-flopping it and, and communicating from a place of like the second someone brings home a donut, instead of seeing it as, wow, he doesn't love me and why is he sabotaging me? Seeing it as, wow, he's in fear of how I'm evolving. And how mm. can I enter a conversation from his standpoint, right? Or the other person's standpoint and really speak to the, the underlying s- subtext and communication that those donuts are communicating, right? Which is, wait, I loved you before and now I'm not sure where my place is in this relationship because you're looking so good and maybe I'm not anymore and maybe you're going to leave me. And so if you put on a few more pounds again, then I'll feel comfortable and safe. And then we can go back to how it was before. Mm. And that you're so right. That is the complete unspoken conversation going on right there. Exactly. And so when you can speak to that, meaning like, I mean, imagine, you know, like a husband, we're just using this scenario, but it can be in any area of life, brings home donuts and the wife is, you know, maybe lost 15 pounds and she's feeling great. Go up and hug him and be like, I love you. You know, I love you. And you're the most important person in my life. And you know what I mean? And let's talk about this. Like, because, you know, I don't, just because I'm not eating donuts and just because I'm not 15 pounds heavier doesn't mean that I don't love you. And in fact, now that I'm feeling better, I'll be around longer to love you. 
I can love you more because I'm not so wrapped up in my head, you know, disgusted Mm -hmm. with myself and upset with myself. I actually have the space and time to be there more for you. So once the other person feels like they're getting a reward for it, right? It's not taking something away from them, but instead it's opening up your door because you feel better now that you can love them even more. Everybody's on board with that. That's fantastic. Right. That's a, that's a real positive. And I think also the other side of that is it's forcing the other person to take a look at what they're not ready or willing to do. So, you know, they, they may be feeling this sort of sense of abandonment, like, uh-oh, where is she going with this weight loss? And, uh-oh, I'm, I'm not eating anything nearly as, as, as great as she, you know, in the way that she is. So this is really calling me out on what I'm doing and bringing everything up. So yeah. And we talk about that in the book. I call it frequency gap issues, um, where it's like you're heading off growing in one direction and another person isn't right. And how to kind of even that, that playing ground and how to help people come with you on the journey in a way that's not like, Hey, you should eat better, <laughs> but in mm-hmm. a way that's much more <laughs> empowering and much more effective. Right. And, and then it comes from from a place of love. And I see with so many people, they grow and then they think that the only option is just to find somebody who's at their new level of growth, whether that's friends or a partner or whatever. But I, sometimes the person is ready and willing and okay to grow with you. Sometimes they're not. But I, I also see people sabotaging their own uh, success because it's more comfortable. So it's, I guess it's finding that balance. Is there, is there a balance that seems to work or each relationship stands on its own? Well, there's, you know, it, it depends on foundational issue, you know, foundational things in the relationship and foundational issues. And, and I really feel like it depends on the willingness of people to come to the table and work on something because there's a lot of, I've, I've even coached, you know, couples through some pretty incredible stuff and had them, you know, clean out the water under the bridge and find love again. And it's really works when you have two people that are willing to come to the table. And it's really hard if you don't. And the key word there is willingness, because if it's just one person who's willing, that's not nearly what's needed. It's it's just that willingness to change, willingness to look at what's going on here, willingness to grow. How does the body let us know that it's that it's okay or or in fear, doubt, disconnection? So we, you know, in our society, it's a very busy society, and there's a lot of fear that is triggered by the busyness, right? We're so stressed out and we're so busy and we're running everywhere. And it's, it's almost set up to like pull us apart the way the, the, the typical world is set up. There's so many moving parts to it. So many expectations that people feel they have to live up to, um, which we don't in reality, but we think we do. And a lot of running around and that over the years will really tax the adrenal system. And once the adrenal system kind of gets knocked out, it affects other hormones in the body, they get knocked out. So there's kind of like this cascade that happens when we're running around disconnected, in fear, doubting our own intuition, doubting the the things that are telling us, hey, look over here, pay attention. Hey, you should be doing this in life. Hey, you need to leave this job. It's not healthy for you. You're stressed. And so we're just blocking every which way because fear, right? And Mm -hmm. we're doubting that we can have it anything different than what we have. And then we're disconnected from what we truly want and need because of all of this running around and our body is, is channeling all of this through it. 
right? So all of the emotions we're having or suppressing are in our physical body, right? And we are just not built to run like this. I mean, when you have a toddler, um, if you've ever had a, a toddler around you or had a child, they just emote. They just have feelings. They don't suppress them. They don't think about them. They just throw themselves on the ground if they're upset and they cry until they're done. And then they get up and they go and play again, right? Like nothing Mm -hmm. even happened. And so Mm -hmm. this is actually the emotional bell curve that is healthy. And we learn to do all kinds of, of mental manipulation with our emotions and to shut them down. And we live in a time where the mental plane has been so praised right? And people are praised for how smart they are and how much they can keep it together. And, you know, we're not praised for being our emotional selves. And so we've just, you know, as a society, for the most part on the collective conscious, we have kind of wiped that emotional part of us out or tried to, except for it's part of who we are. And we can't just ignore it forever, or we will get physical manifestations in our body called illness or dis-ease in one way or another that's saying, hey, you're not looking over here, you're not listening, and you haven't been listening for 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 years, and so we got to get your attention some way. Right. And the body just can't handle it. And that's why so many of us are walking around just exhausted or sick and and do we have all of these symptoms, taking things, trying things, doing whatever we can to manage the symptoms and, and really not reconnecting, which sounds like is, is what's at the root of it all. What do you want to make sure we cover before we wrap up? You know, I just want people to know that like, you know, there are so many different aspects to holistic health and healing and that they are all important in the journey. And so if people, you know, people come to me often and say, I've tried to eat healthy or I'm eat, taking all of these supplements or I'm, you know what I mean, trying to do all of the right things. And if you really look to the fear, the doubt, and the disconnection, those I've found are the most powerful healers and game changers in every single person's life that I have been in. And so I would look there and just start to do the work yourself at home. And if you feel like you want to connect with someone else, like a practitioner of some sorts to help you with that, I just highly recommend it. Such great advice and great insight. And how can we learn more about you? Where do we go? You can go to thesoulfrequency.com. And I'm also on Instagram at thesoulfrequency. Oh, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. I know you helped so many people today. Uh, thanks for having me on. Shauna gave such great insight into what we do and why we do it. Here's my biggest takeaway. While your change and growth may shake up some people around you, addressing your changes to the ones who may be subconsciously sabotaging you can turn them from acting out of fear to supporting you with love. To keep in touch with Shauna, go to thesoulfrequency.com and Instagram, The Soul Frequency, and we'll have our information for you in the show notes over at pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. And let us support you. Go to Facebook and join our group, Women Hacking Betrayal, where we give information, tools, and support to help you move forward and heal once and for all. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.